And happy Halloween from us here at the Resistance Broadcast. Uh, we are all wearing costumes today. I'm James. That's Lacey. That's John. And uh, <laughs> I don't know which, which one did you forget. To. <laughs> yeah. I hope I got it right. I doubt I did. But obviously that's not true. What a but miss. Should have What is costume. true is it is Halloween, which mm. means it's November tomorrow. Which means now we're only three months away from The Mandalorian Season 3. Wild stuff. Wild stuff. But we're not just going to talk about that, okay? It is Halloween. We hope everyone has a safe and wonderful Halloween. Hopefully the weather's wonderful for the rest of the day today. You go trick-or-treating. You get your candy. You tell your kids that you have to check for poison, but you're really just taking the good stuff, and away we go. One of the secrets you learn as you become an adult. I always, my, my parents always made me think, Maybe somebody is trying to poison my candy. Nope. Dad just wanted the king size Snickers. And that's how that went down. But <laughs> we are going to talk about movies. What's going on with Star Wars movies? Because there's been a lot that came out in the last week. James, you went away. Yeah. And you, now you're back. And you did the whole Disney Halloween thing, which I hope was wonderful. But did you come back? And it was like one of those things where you're like, you're like Donald Glover walking into a community with the boxes of pizzas and the whole thing's on fire. Similarly, I was thinking of the like uh, dog sitting in the room with the fire. This is fine, dog. This is fine. Yeah. yeah. But it. But what is kind of hilarious is I was at the, the Disney Halloween thing. So there is possibly a chance that there was something with fire behind me. And I was like, <laughs> like reading news <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so you might have actually been able to take a live action screenshot of me and it would perfectly replicate the meme uh but no yeah uh i i went away and then i kept looking at my phone and it was like just thing after thing that just felt like lucasfilm was like falling apart and the fandom going like what is happening over there it is absolutely wild and that you know lacy it's on the heels of major changes at other studios dc making a massive move by right. bringing james gunn uh, and Saffron to co-head that whole studio. It's literally means- their Dave Filoni and their John Favreau yeah. that they've put in. And I, when they announced that, I was just like, so they just basically did what Disney was doing, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it's an it's- alternate universe <clears throat> version where you have Favreau yeah. versus Gunn. Yeah. Right, except Favreau's just working on stuff yeah. for Lucasfilm. Yeah. James Gunn and Saffron are going to be co-CEO and chairman of DC Film. That's crazy that James Gunn is now running a company. Not that he's not capable. It's just a weird thing so, to think. We know, at least, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a long time. We're all pretty big on like being movie nerds and stuff like that. It seems to always be that these types of situations are chameleon situations where What's that studio doing? It's working for them. Let's do that. So you have uh-huh. Kevin Feige, who obviously has set the bar for Marvel. And DC's like, we got to stop the bleeding here. We got to cut cut, cauterize this wound and start over. Mm-hmm. They're, they got their version now in there. And then on the, uh, 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 on the other side of the aisle, you have Lucasfilm, who demotes Michelle Redwan. Steps down. Mm-hmm. And... Now, you know, the reports that we're going to get into in a bit here about mandates on how to announce things coming from Disney, changes might be coming. I don't know, but we'll talk about it. So uh, how are you guys doing? Though? Any big plans for, uh, for Halloween? 
You guys going trick or treating locally tonight? Not me. I I mean, <laughs> I mean, we'll go. Yeah, we'll go. We're doing. I think we talked about this before. Like it was supposed to be uh, uh, Luigi, right? Oh yeah. About this? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, you going out? You doing trick or treating? Are you guys giving out candy? Just a, a real quick. The, uh, a the only fear we'll is is rain, and I'm sure you guys are in the same boat. Like I just, if it rains, it's like, oh, that's done. Sorry, everything you've been looking forward to, it's over now. Yeah, and I just feel bad for stink. kids. Um, it rained, you, I think, two years. Was it last year or two years ago? It was pouring. We had like very light rain to the point of like it was just miserable, but it was still happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. no one was yeah. going to cancel because of that little bit of like moisture in the air that was actually making people wet <laughs> mm-hmm. after after enough time, but. Yeah, that's that's my only fear is it just being too wet, not even cold. And especially after the past few years, you just want kids to have like really good experiences with these types of things. So when you mm-hmm. see something like rain happen on Halloween, you're like, oh, they've been looking forward to it for like Yeah. Well, Bennett's got the candy now. to back him up. I mean, how much candy do we, you get at Disney? We already What'd have I say? so much candy. What did I say? You get so much candy at Disney. You know what, you know what the fear was really, though? It was bringing it home. I was gonna say, like, how are you gonna get home? We left a ton of candy when we went. We just left it in the room. We were like, eh. We had a suitcase that was allowed to be forty pounds, and we were at four zero point zero with our book bags stuffed. Literally, nothing else could go in them. I mean, we brought it. Home. Are you gonna give it out on Halloween? Because that's what we did. We brought so it back and then gave it. I, away I mentioned that to Rachel, and I was like, it's kind of one of those things. I, you know, I do and I don't want to do that. It's fine, but you know, if we find ourselves in a pinch. Hmm. Did TSA check it for poison? They did. Yeah, all yeah. my all my big Snickers. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, it's always those ones. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Biggest so let, let's line, get into too. this here. Uh, a quick reminder, as you probably know by now, because we're getting into the ninth version of this. But on Wednesday, we're going live for uh, TRB Live. We're going to talk about Andor Episode Nine. So join us live Wednesday night, nine p.m. East, for that. Uh, and thank you to those who have been so far. It's been a lot of fun talking about this show live. It's always a good time. Uh, but James, we are going to get into these stories here. And uh, don't forget, we have the Patreon pod race. But after that, we're also going to be talking a bit about Tales of the Jedi and our thoughts on that. My review is on the channel. Uh, but now we're going to be able to discuss it and go back and forth a bit on what happened on that uh, animated series by Dave Filoni. So we got a loaded episode. So let's get after it now, James, with the Resistance Report. <laughs> It's the resistance. Wow. All right. Well, like we alluded to earlier, there's even more news. Um, I wasn't around last week, but obviously all the Michelle Rajwan stuff happened. And now this week we're getting even more stuff. Um, This one coming from now it's Puck News. uh, And the author of this article, Matthew Bellany, is, you know, a very credible uh, writer, uh, scoop breaker, all all this. Like he he's very well known. Um, John, correct me if I'm wrong. He used to be the head um, of THR, he used to be the editor of the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so it, th- this is um, a story that's not to be uh, overlooked lightly. Um, but uh, really, honestly, it just has to do with how 
Lucasfilm has sort of been handling themselves the last couple years and why things are sort of rolling out the way they are when it comes to their movie department. Um, there's a lot in here. I mean, John, I know you know more about this story than I do. Do you want to sort of get into maybe why this is important? I can just shoot over to you instead of trying to kind of get through these details. Yeah, so it, it really comes down to uh, the big thing being that there is uh, reportedly a mandate that was passed down by Disney to Kathleen Kennedy to, first of all, stop announcing projects um, when you first make an agreement with a creator, um, which I find very interesting because when they would keep announcing those things, I think my thought was, uh, you know, think you, you always think of like Disney, like the big media conglomerate, corporation, shareholders, pressure, CEO, all that stuff. I had always assumed like Disney's like, you got that? Like, let, let's run a presser on that and let's get that in the ears of the shareholders. Uh, we're coming up on this quarter or whatever. But it turns out if this is accurate, and as you say, you know, Matthew Bellany has, um, he's deeply rooted in connections for, mm -hmm. for a couple decades now in Hollywood. He has his ear to the ground. He has a great podcast where he talks about the business. And of course, he used to be the editor for DHR. Um, not his first uh, story on Kathleen Kennedy. He talked about it a few months ago, which uh, created some buzz as well. Um, but that this was surprising to me uh, that this is the case now where Disney's sort of saying, like, you got to stop. You, like, I, you're probably excited you got this person in-house. Uh, hit, Let's hit the brakes. So that, that was the first thing that really, really did surprise which, me a lot. Which, let, let me jump in here. Lacey, I, I think you were the one that pointed out that when we had that big investor's day and we were getting the 10 new Star Wars series, that that you said that felt to you like it was Disney pressuring Lucasfilm to start making moves and announce things. Yeah, that's what it felt like because they didn't really have anything to really announce that day in the sense of like, they were like, this is happening, but they had Lando, which wasn't tied to anybody. They had certain shows that had no writers or directors or any characters that are tied to them. It just seemed like they were just throwing out names of random things, like they were kind of bragging a little bit which is understandable on investor day, but at the same time, they had to know that it wasn't really investors that were watching it. It was like everybody else, like ourselves, that were watching that investor day. Yeah. Um, this whole thing we're gonna is just- We're going to live stream this. this whole, yeah, this whole thing is investors. just so crazy to me because I hate, I, I don't want to agree with the people that have been negative all the time about Star Wars. Um, I understand the frustration as a fan myself, but I, I don't want to agree with those people that are just angry all the time. But you got to get they're partially right here. And that like all this stuff seems so messy. Like there's no other word for it. Just messy. Mm -hmm. And in this article, it links back to an article Matthew had put out last year, November 14th, where he talked about how creative differences were having with Patty Jenkins, which was connected directly to Michelle Rejwan. So yeah. it's like. You can't help but wonder what what is ha what is going on, and I just go back to that in my head, James, of like a GIF of you from like last year, being like, <laughs> "What is happening?" Because that is all I think Apparently about. My impression was great. Someone said it was a stellar impression. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those. It it makes no sense. And as 
you know, super fans like we are, we want to be on their side. We want to support them and brag about what we love and brag about the creative decisions they've made and the storytelling and the shows that they have in the movies. I I have nothing to say about this because we have no movies on the schedule. We have nothing that's being talked about. And in this article, of course, as mentioned, you can't not because it's at the same company is Marvel. They're putting out show after show after movie after movie, and not all of them are hits. Not every single one is an Avengers, but they're trying different things and they're letting people be creative. And sometimes they're hit or miss with fans. And that's just how it works. And it feels like as soon as Solo happened and The Last Jedi, it's like Lucasfilm is now scared. And they're so terrified of how things are going. And the only kind of failsafe they have right now is Mando and how well that did that now he's like creeping his way into like every other project because they're just banking on him. We're all about speculation, but it drives me nuts when we do have to sort of speculate on what so-and-so is thinking. Like things like this shouldn't have to be going through my mind of like, is Kathleen Kennedy, was she thinking this would be her big legacy and she would leave like, you know, with everybody applauding her and all this. And and if she leaves now, it's look, it's like a bad look. So she's trying to fix it before she leaves or something like because my talked personal about this- pet peeve is when people can't admit that they're wrong or that they've made mistakes like that's a huge pet peeve of mine in like in business and in like my career. Mm-hmm. And Bob Iger even admitted he messed up with Solo. Like he was like, yes, I did that whole situation wrong. We're reevaluating what we've done. I messed up here. And it seems like they don't want to do that. Like Kathleen Kennedy will not admit that she is wrong about anything or seemingly the whole team is like pivoting around saying like, yes, that was always the plan. And it's like, what was it? It's, was it always well, the plan? The All these like changes that have happened over the past couple of years. And remember we had heard um, from people who work in like L.A., that they spoke with people inside Lucasfilm who said something similar about like the secret writers room, but it was a retreat. Like Kathleen Kennedy went on a retreat right, with right, her right. creative team to try to figure out the next step in movies. And this was like two years ago. That's when you she know, said maybe... she was taking a breather and James said, what is happening? What is going on? How much breathing do you need to do? And now and, they, and I've got now, because before investors day, I was like, you're a producer and you're not producing. You remember that? Yeah. And then I was yeah. like, okay, apparently you have been producing cause you got all these new things. But then as time goes on, those things have gone, kind of fallen through. And then that's when we did the big writers retreat thing. And John, I, I want to mention too, like we've talked about this before, but like, it's okay to be pro Kathleen Kennedy and still say, let's get somebody else in because yeah. she's, done a great job in the past you know what i mean like we're at a weird spot right now but i think it's okay for us to say thank you for the last decade of stuff that you've done you know we're we're cool with somebody else i think that's people have fears of speaking out on that because they don't want to be labeled like a hater or like toxic or i've seen a lot of people though with the next story online openly saying I won't get excited about this until I know it's set. No, totally. yeah, and that, yeah. That, that, that's fair. But I, I guess what I was thinking about is, and, and, you know, like a quick analogy, like you guys know, like I'm a big Yankees fan. They got embarrassed and knocked out. And I was like, they need to change managers. And I, I liked Aaron Boone as a player. 
I like their GM, Brian Cashman, but I think both got to go. I love what they did, but it's time to make a change. New voice sort of thing. Same thing here. Um, and when you look at like the changes they've well, made. You're not a real was, like, Yankees to... fan, though. Just no, no. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but when you look at like the changes they've made here, and I try to always connect some dots, like, you know, Filoni was promoted a summer or two ago to an executive creative. Um, and now you hear that he's being brought into this, you know, secret writer's room for these new movies with Lindelof and stuff. And they know that Dave Filoni is a fan favorite. He's always talking about how he wants to like make new Star Wars, but stay true to why George Lucas made it. That's a very important thing because you always got to keep one arm connected to that original tree. Um, and then you hear about R- Rejwan, uh, Let's be honest, got demoted. She, I mean, I don't think she like they always use that word step down, but. Um, and, and then that happens. And then now Kathleen Kennedy's getting mandates from Disney on what to do. It just, to me, all these different things sounds like Disney's had enough. And they're, they, they're like, yeah, we got our investment back when we bought this. We already, you know, the trilogy made enough money. And now everything's sort of like gravy on top of our purchase. But we have invested a massive amount of our theme park to you guys. Um, that's where a lot of our money comes from. In order to keep people interested in the theme park, we need to keep creating new stuff and new movies because there's a certain cap when it comes to Disney Plus right now in terms of the amount of people they're going to bring into that service to watch those shows. And I think a lot of the subscribers they're saying are based in like India and like they're not sure on the, like what that does for like what's the price there and what's the numbers and whatever. There's a certain ceiling there. You need to create stuff to reach the wide net of the world's audience. And especially the North American audience for Star Wars, because let's be honest, Star Wars is a very heavy North American movie franchise. They don't do well globally very often, and they're trying to expand there. Maybe Disney Plus helps. They need Star Wars to make movies, big movies that make money and get people who like Star Wars still into Star Wars and Star Wars still into the zeitgeist. Which, why wouldn't you? If you look at any other, yeah, any other studio would be dying to have Star Wars under their flagship. You know what you, I? Like you know what they, I'm curious about made... because we we do we do the Marvel comparison all the time, and I think it's it's I I do it more than anybody probably, but I'm saying I I do feel like it might be a little unfair because you are comparing to Kevin Feige, who is just straight up an anomaly. Like Kathleen Kennedy was always number one, then she was number yeah, two I'm when not, he came along. I'm not doing. That. I know you're not doing that, but what I, what I'm my point here that is, who's number three? You know what I mean? What's what's the other franchise that maybe we could look at? Harry and... Potter, DC, Twilight. Do you think it's? Do you think Hunger it's... Games? Well, War- no, Warner Brothers those owns Harry examples. Potter. That they own DC. Warner Brothers is a a, bit, a major studio, so I, I would say Warner Brothers. Because Warner Brothers thing... has Harry Potter and um, like DC. DC Comics. Yeah, yeah. D- DC might be the other example. That that might be a good example, but again, Lions they're, is another they're one. sort of all over the place. the The reason I said the Harry Potter thing is because I I feel like you kind of you're gonna do those things and then that's that. Um, but do you see what I'm saying about D- Disney Plus? Though, and they like, are sort of falling apart as they try to expand in that world. The subscribers are there, and they've plateaued on how many people they're adding to the service. They want to create new shows to drive more people to it. But you're getting to a point now where you're making these Star Wars shows for that existing audience. You know, 
So whether you do a big budget for Mando or a limited budget for Obi-Wan or a grand budget for Andor, like those people are already in and they're just either going to watch that Star Wars show or they're going to watch the Marvel stuff or they're going to watch the Disney classics. They're in, they're in, they got the subscription already. They're locked in. Most of the people are staying. I don't think they're seeing a massive spike when a new, like when Andor comes out, I, I don't think I heard any reports about any massive spike in purchases of Disney Plus subscriptions. So my point is, they're making things to sustain Disney mm-hmm. Plus client uh, customers, whereas these movies are going to be for their own individual profit. And that is very, very important, uh, especially when you want to connect all these things and keep their theme park relevant. And you know that's why they're marching Mando now into this park that's supposed to be canonically between episodes eight and nine. Like, I think they're not desperate, but they're like, they're like really wringing out the sponge for Star Wars right now. And and thank the lifeboat right now is the Mandalorian and Favreau and Filoni. And, you know, I just saw a video with them this past week where they're talking about skeleton crew. They're talking about Ahsoka. They're saying skeleton crew characters might appear in Mando season four. They Those two are very excited and everything feels very positive from those two. But they're in this tight little space in the Star Wars timeline. And I don't like I'm sure Favreau wanted to be. You know, the Kevin Feige of Star Wars, he would have been off for that a, uh, a while ago, and he probably didn't want to do that. So it now comes down to Disney probably saying, enough's enough. You got to make movies. We got to figure this out. If you're not able to figure it out, we're going to get people to figure it out. And I think that's why a lot of these changes are making. The first one, Michelle Regwan, live insane. action development. You're out. It's going to be six years that they haven't made a movie. Not yeah, one. I was thinking about that statistic Which, earlier. I was like, that's You're going to get the wild. argument. Yeah, you're going to get the argument, well, Star Wars went 18 years without a movie, and but then they went sad. 10 years without a movie. It's, we're in a different world now. It's a completely different world. Yeah. It, that, 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 those examples don't exist. You were talking about one man who was making trilogies by himself in terms of being the, the main uh, figurehead. It's, a, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a completely different animal now. So I think you, know, you have indie coming out. They're doing the Willow thing. Like These are all legacy things. Kathleen Kennedy's contract's up at the end of 2024. I would honestly be completely shocked if she has a new contract after 2024. Whether that's her saying, you know what, I've had enough, 12 years, I'm good, or them saying, we got to go in a new direction. So I'm not surprised with the way things are going, though, because Disney in general, I remember before COVID, or maybe it was right right during COVID, there was some webinar where a bunch of higher ups at Disney were giving kind of a talk on media and the way media was going. And one of the big things they had pushed was nostalgia and like going back to things that our age groups loved. And that's why you're getting Hocus Pocus too. That's why you're getting all these other things. And I think they're starting to realize like there's only so many times you can remake things yeah, or like I mean- bring things back. Or try <laughs> Look, to like gonna... be like, hey, remember that fuzzy feeling you got from this thing? We're gonna bring that back. Remember I that thing we're, you like? We're gonna look went fast. We're gonna yeah. look back on. I I don't want to say this era, but like you know, 2010 to 2020, and you know, even bleeding into the next decade, we're gonna look back on it in the same way we look at like Michael Eisner's reign of Disney, saying like, why was everything straight to VHS? Why were oh. they doing so many sequels? Like. The Little Mermaid 2, Cinderella 2, straight to VHS and all this. It's like that felt like a really weird time. 
And it's like, could you not just figure out these other things? Like, what was that? Was that strictly because the money was was showcasing right. that that's? Are you talking working? about the live action movies? They're just like, oh, live no, action well, Pinocchio, and you're like, we didn't really need it. That's sort of now, <laughs> that's and now. I, I definitely yeah. think like people are going to look back on this time and like, remember when Disney just was like shelling out live action remake after live action remake, and it's mm-hmm. like, it, it's it's just because the numbers dictate that like every time we do it. It makes a ton of money. We're yeah. a little off topic from Lucasfilm because there's not really anything that Lucasfilm is doing but currently I think that's, that's driving... like every single time we do this, it makes a bunch of money, but nobody's happy with it, you know? It's driving the the conversation, <clears throat> though, of what is being produced because I think too much is being lent to algorithms more than what people might actually want sometimes and that's what you find on these streaming services where you're getting like the floor is lava four and the thing is like yes people watch that but what else is there to watch when you're like eh, let me just throw something on you know what i mean like coco melon is still the top 10 streaming show in well, all of streaming yeah. services and it's because when you're a parent you're like i need 20 minutes i'm gonna throw on coco melon and we're they definitely get, in a know? weird time because, I mean, it's it's more than actual, like, real content. Like, even all that stuff that we're talking about is, like, mm-hmm. real content. And in a lot of places, like, I mean, look at, like, TikTok or I- Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts. Like, all this stuff, all the companies are going, we can't deny that if if we give the 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 tools to our creators and they make this stuff, people sit there for hours and absorb it. But sure. nobody yeah. wants it. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like one of those things like, I, you know, if you give me $100,000, I will make a show about the floor's lava and then you guys will make $500,000. Everybody the wins, right? And it's like, with, well, then we just get a bunch of the floor's lava. Mm-hmm. With like Andor, which had to have been the highest budget Star Wars Disney Plus It's beautiful. So far. That show is beautiful. It's re- It's made really well, but... Not as many people are watching it because kids aren't watching it sure. like they would other Star Wars stuff. Um, some adults are not watching it because it doesn't feel like Star Wars to them. Um, and what the, the ceiling of what Andor could do right now for them is maintain subscribers. I don't think Andor is pushing the needle to get people to buy new subscriptions of Disney+. Andor Plus. is not an so escape question, for people. That's the problem. But, the, but from the business perspective, yeah. the, the question is then, what it like is it just to keep star wars relevant and you know existing is it is it just like we're creating our star wars content now and all they're doing right now is disney plus stuff but it can't be driving revenue so i feel like it's just like sustaining revenue so that's why the movies are so important i think that's why they're like marvel's got to figure it out our other divisions got to figure it out disney animation's doing fine pixar what have you like Star Wars, you gotta start pulling your weight because we can only live on the sequel trilogy making that money back for so long. We need Star Wars to make big movies in order for us to like Disney to want to like invest in you in the parks and expand those. And like, I almost forgot about the Galactic Star Cruiser. To be honest with you, I don't even know what's going. Oh on Oh my that. gosh, but that thing! So, I wonder how empty that thing is. I so the so so I guess to, James maybe to get to the next story about like maybe what the next Star Wars movie is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, let's just let's just talk about it, right? We all know about the Damon Lindelof thing. He's been kind of 
around the area. We even did a whole story on like he's been seen on the lot kind of thing, right? The stories just continue to to Dude, Jeff Snyder like had that a yeah. long time ago. <laughs> Credit to that guy. Um, it, but it just keeps going, getting involved that he is, uh, or it just keeps coming out that he's involved. Now we have uh, a new uh, person that is being eyed to be like the person who's directing this. Um, and and on top of that too, it's uh, that new reports are coming out that when they're talking about this writer's room and the these whatever this project is is that it's intentionally supposed to be set after the rise of Skywalker. Um, that's the way that, that they're leaning. And, and it doesn't even have to be about uh, the main characters or following that storyline, but there are talks here that so-and-so may show up or something along those lines. And I think we even... This is maybe a little off, but like, didn't we just recently hear that like Oscar Isaac was like, I'm over the fatigue. I'm back to playing Poe. Wasn't that like this year? Oh, I don't think he ever said anything like that. He said like he would be open to it. Not that he's like, I'm wearing the jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Not going to sleep in his X-Wing helmet. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but I don't know, Lacey, what are your thoughts on, on, uh, Damon Lindelof handling this project that's seemingly after episode nine. So I am going to be honest. We had, when we initially had that conversation about Damon Lindelof, we had talked about how he did Lost and Watchmen and the leftovers. And I haven't seen Watchmen and I haven't seen the leftovers, but I've only heard amazing things about those. I've seen bits and pieces of Lost, but again, just on his like repertoire of what people like, I know that he's capable of really cool stuff. Um, I was just excited to see movie in a headline as a Star Wars fan. The idea that like there was like, hey, a movie's in the works. You're like, oh, word? Please tell me more. Um, which, from my what? understanding, is that, yeah, the person tapped to be the director is the person that did Miss Marvel. I haven't watched Miss Marvel, but the stuff I've seen from that show has looked really cool. They have that awesome shot where she's flipping over the couch. Very cool. Um, I So this is what I was commenting on earlier uh, in this episode, actually, was that, you know, I saw ranging from all different types of creators and fans online is like people are just at this point where you're like, is this happening? I want to get excited and I want to be the person that's like, yes, can't wait for this. Where's our official announcement? Like, why is this coming from all these side they stories were just told to stop tri- announcing things. Right. And that's the thing. is like they were told not to announce stuff, but then this comes out, and then people are stepping down, and we're not getting official news from Lucasfilm at all at any point. Um, it, it's just, it feels bleak as a Star Wars fan, but at the same time, it's like this glimmer of Star Wars hope that we all love so much mm-hmm. of, hey, we could get a really cool movie. And Personally, I am super excited that they hinted that there could be sequel trilogy characters involved because I feel like we were just getting started with those characters. That series is great. There's a lot of things I absolutely adore about the sequel trilogy. I love The Force Awakens. We've all been through this. I feel like that story was one that needed to be told to kind of put a bow on what we had known before that time period. 
but I think it sets it up to really take it to a cool place after the fact, and we just were getting started. And we know that <clears throat> Daisy Ridley would love to be back. I'm sure John and Oscar would come back. We know Jonas Swotomo would come back. So why don't we give them, you know, give him his furry suit back. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I, I just really, really want them to do whatever this movie is. <laughs> and I really hope we get some time of announcement so that I can kind of, I, I miss being excited about Star Wars. And it's not that I'm not excited for Andor. It's just everybody has their preferences on what their favorite things are. And yeah. I love the sequel trilogy. I love going to the movies. I love being in that experience for Star Wars. And I miss it. I miss the lead up to a Star Wars movie. And we and the fact that we're not getting one over the span of six years is crazy. Um, the only thing that's kind of like also adding a little bit more weight to this story is that they're claiming that Dave Filoni was in the writer's room for this. And to me... Even the mention of his name in some way is like, oh, there, there is some realness to what is being said here. Because I don't think people just throw around Dave Filoni just to say, oh, yeah, and Dave Filoni. He's not someone that they just toss in because he is so trusted amongst fans and kind of creatively in the Star Wars galaxy. And I think that's part of that whole new role of his, that creative executive role. Mm -hmm. Like, he's going to be in there to make sure the pulse of these things is at the heart of Star Wars and like makes sense for what rings true to Star what Wars, George started. What yeah. Star Wars storytelling? Yeah, if he's is, the closest yeah. thing to George, then why isn't George in almost every conversation? Like, just let him right. be in the conversation and let people pull things from him in the way he sees it, because he has had almost a perfect track record. I mean, I off the top, I can't really think of anything like that people absolutely hated. And even if they did, he's all, almost sort of like loosely connected to that thing, you know? It does make me wonder, <clears throat> though, with the kind of stepping down of Michelle Rejwan, um, and kind of the rumors about the Kathleen Kennedy stuff and creative differences, I wonder if these writing rooms have been very much like, no, you're you're good. You don't need to come to these. And then they're having Dave Filoni there. But like no one else from who we would expect is in that room. You guys remember I the mean, story group? <laughs> I don't think that exists. Does it exist? It I, still exists. I, I literally do not know if it still exists. I and don't the, know either. And the other thing is that like I, all I'm referencing is like, do you remember when we thought the story group was like the group of people who were going to be writing the stories? Well, that's what we thought. Leading the stories. And it's yeah. like, nah, what a weird name for what they ended up kind of being not that they're a bad thing just you know there there's like there's an episode of, of uh the IT crowd which is a really funny british comedy on netflix if anybody has time to watch it um but it has one of the guys from that vampire show that everybody loves on tbs i forget what the name of it is what we but do he in plays, the shadows yes and he plays like a ceo of this company and he's having these secret meetings and so one of the the managers goes up and was like, hey, I'm here for the meeting. He goes, oh, it's been canceled. Don't worry about it. And like she hears people in the meeting and she's like, uh, are you sure? He's like, yep. So see you later. And like shuts the door. And like, that's what I think of these meetings where it's like <laughs> Michelle French watches them. And they're like, oh, we're not meeting anymore. Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, she, she has like uh, a code to get in. And they're like, it's an older code, but it doesn't check out. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's a is... newer code, but it doesn't check out. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's technically allowed to be here. We're just not going to let her in. 
the Lindelof thing is interesting. I did like Lost, um, and I know you know he worked closely with uh, Abrams um, on that. You know, created by Abrams, and he was sort of like uh, the shepherd for the show. Um, a lot of people love uh, the Watchmen um, that he did for HBO. Um, the director choice I I find to be interesting because I know she's known for award winning documentaries, and she's doing the Miss Marvel series, but. Uh, it seems like a dice roll to have someone who I could be correct me if I'm wrong hasn't done hasn't directed a major motion picture. I don't think uh, so. No, to do the first next era of Star Wars movies that, that just I just I I'm, has nothing to do with her. Um, you know she's an award winning Academy Award winning uh you know documentary filmmaker and is and is doing a lot of has uh, done a lot of great things, but it's that's a lot of pressure. Um, so that, that's an interesting choice. I would think they would, they would go with like a no brainer for like, we're bringing in blank to, to, to do the, the next start, the new, uh, next era in Star Wars You mean Wars like movies. Ron Howard? They just bring in a... Somebody, yeah. Spielberg's coming in to finally do a Star Wars movie. All right. Well, I also, I, also but, ju- I mean, we have Kevin Feige as a producer on something. Maybe. <laughs> I know yeah. maybe, but I'm saying yeah. like. Wouldn't you but think they would just say, dude, can you throw us a bone and just tell us like maybe what direction to go in? I know he'd probably and, just and be like, that's not my job. There was a recent <clears throat> uh, interview with uh, uh, Christy Wilson Carnes. Uh, if I got her name she's right. She's the writer and, with Taika. Yeah, from the 1917 film. Yeah. Where she's like, basically said she can't really talk about it. And now Taika's doing all this other stuff. Like, I think my thoughts on the Taika thing might be right because they're just like skipping over him. Ryan Johnson just it. said scheduling again. He goes, yeah, I've been trying to talk to Kathleen, uh, Kathy Kennedy and she just, you know, scheduling. And everyone's and he like... today that he made a new show that's coming out on Peacock. <laughs> this guy just keeps making stuff. So I just uh, feel like he keeps calling and he's just put on hold and in the time that he's been put on hold, he just does other things. Or he's just playing good Boy Scout and not like throwing people under the bus. He's like, yeah, I'd love to come back. Sure, but the the Lindelof thing, they're they're all these reports are making it sound like he's the next film, so that's going to be mm-hmm. the twenty twenty five films. I don't know what that means for the Taika movie. I hope we get some clarity on that. So it's is the Patty like, Jenkins thing just done? Then is that done? Done? Yeah, that's over. That it's, that's I don't, that's the vibe that I have from it is that we all have, have as fans have said, dang, that's a bummer that didn't happen, but. Oh, well, and like nobody's going to question it anymore because I think that when the headline came that it had been removed from the calendar, that's not any proof, but it's the same sort of proof that we needed when it said like, uh, <clears throat> um, now I get to get the Rangers of the New Republic is not currently in production or something in development. Doesn't, yeah. In development doesn't mean that it's canceled. It just is like kind of a nail in a coffin of like, Oh man, that probably means that that's not happening. And then you don't ever hear anything ever again. So I think Top Gun killed Rogue Squadron. I think Rogue Squadron killed Rogue Squadron. I know, but I think Top Gun played a role in that. That movie was so good that they were like, how do we, yeah, I want, how do you do that big? I mean, we're hearing the stuff that it has to do with Michelle Rajwan too. And like, I don't know if, if creative differences, yeah, I'm that just curious. That is a like, Comic-Con scheduling issues. For excuse. sure. 
No, but, but they, it, they bring her in after Wonder Woman and then 84 tanks and they're probably like, now we're going to micromanage this to make sure this is our thing is done right or something. And it's just like, that again, it's that whole, let part, put the cart before the horse. Let's do this grand, amazing announcement on the tarmac with the helmet and the X-Wing suit and the X-Wing and all that stuff. And my grandfather, the warplanes, and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. And they just had no ideas yet because they were, as far as last year, they were still developing the story. Like, what the hell is that? It's just, and we keep talking. I feel like we have Groundhog Day in this podcast because we keep talking about it. But it's just, <laughs> it really does. The, and this, feel that this way. Lindelof thing is just so, it's so interesting to me because he comes out of nowhere. Uh, but it still seems like, you know how like DC was like, the Snyderverse thing is done. He finally got his like, his cut done. But they're mm-hmm. like, but we're still going to make that Aquaman and we're still going to do that Flash. It's like, you got to just cut it. You got to cut it and start over, except Henry Cavill. Keep Superman. Well, what, are you, but, what are you proposing th- that they cut? You're saying cut Kathleen Kennedy? Cut? No, I'm saying like, I just feel like, th- like while they're still making these, and that's another part of the story. They're saying that oh. their focus now is on, on standalone movies versus like trilogies and stuff. It's like, we're just going to make a Star Wars movie. Gonna, and th- then we'll make another one. It's like, no, I want the map behind you that we got when you first came out and say, boom, 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 those three movies. Then you got Old Republic over here, bing, bang, bong. And then we have this over here. I want to know the, like, that it's going to be a machine again. Not, we think we're making one and there's one. And then maybe you get one over here. It's just, and stop with these dates, these untitled Star Wars movie dates. Get them off the calendar until you know for sure that you have a movie coming out then. I think Damon and- signed on and said, I don't want you meddling in anything that I'm doing. I'm going to make one movie. We'll see how it goes, and then we'll go from there. I don't want to sign on for multiple movies. I, just let me do my thing. I think that's what he came in and said. He's, he's an amazing like- choice. He's a great choice. But, but because of the shaky ground that we've been on with Lucasfilm for the last six years, right, or more, <laughs> um. Yeah. It it makes me feel like that's not a good enough choice, and that's sad. You know, that's a that feels sad to me. <laughs> that okay, I'm so here's a question: Someone who, who would writes be... really good, crazy, like some of my favorite material. Who would be a yet... great choice? Who I would mean... be a good choice for either of you? Oh, uh, put me on the spot. I fall back on Chris McQuarrie. I stand by I that. I Chris McQuarrie years ago. I said it to right him. Now. He's deleted the tweet. I see you, Chris McQuarrie. I'm sticking by him. But they would bring him in, and then the last two Mission Impossibles would be terrible, and then we're right back to Colin Trevorrowville. The, the weird, the weird thing about <laughs> it is like, an, anytime you ever say, anytime you ever say, uh, this person because of what they're doing over here, like if if you were to well, say, well, I said that about Taika and Patty, and here we are. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, anytime you'd ever say like, I like what maybe this person's doing because they're crushing it over there. Then people would be mm. like, well, I don't like what they're doing over there, so I wouldn't want that in Star Wars. And it's like, well, they wouldn't be doing the same thing. They're, I, I'm, I think when you're choosing this person, you're just looking at someone who can handle like long-term storytelling. And how about this? Really, we don't have many franchises to to pick and choose from, so it does sort of feel like you just need to pull a random name out of the hat if you think they're a good pick. Get a great screenwriter. I'm not saying that's to be Lawrence Kasdan. He, sir. Your watch has ended. Thank you for your service. I love you. You can come back anytime. Who? But Lawrence Kasdan. <laughs> Lawrence Kasdan. But I don't expect oh. you to. 
get get Filoni in there as you know creative executive, making sure this thing feels Star Wars. But get some a great screenwriter. Tony Gilroy's great. Bring in Peter Jackson and do an Old Republic trilogy. Seven Question, billion dollar. Is there box a office. love story involved? Of course, it will have everything. Oh, I- everything <laughs> everything a Star Wars fan wants. Hmm. Why not? You know, like everyone loves Lord of the Rings. Everyone loves Peter Jackson. He just did the Beatles thing. Uh, Get back that everybody loved. He's only 60 years old. I'm doing I'm going to do exactly what I said other people do, where I look at Peter Jackson and I go, he adapted Lord of the Rings really well. But then as soon as he had to go over to Hobbit and sort of fill in the gaps and kind of write his own stories and stuff. No, just have him direct it. it. What? Have him direct it. That's he said Lawrence Kasdan would write it. Oh, get the good but writer. But if not Lawrence to... Kasdan, another great screenwriter who who can understand Star Wars. It, I don't, you know, we don't need the name yet. But you know, have Filoni involved too, ha- like how Filoni's helping Favreau. I, I mean, see that what could you mean. be that could be a, a great thing right there. And then we finally revi- we finally visit Old Republic in canon, big screen, big budget. Uh, you know, and and now we're doing like speculating and dreaming and stuff like that. But I think the point is like. We just, and it's coming from a good place because we just want Star Wars to make movies again, but we want them to feel fresh and feel exciting. Like, I think that's why there may need to be a new regime put in place. Because look how, look how fans reacted online to the James Gunn thing. Like, yeah, there were some people like, oh man, wanted Snyder and stuff. Yeah. But most people were like, I, this is a win. This yeah, is a insane. massive win yeah. for DC. DC's been bleeding out for years. Look what he did with they Guardians of the Galaxy. They can't look at that and say he's not capable of doing what he needs to do. The, I know. J- and even James the Suicide Gunn, Squad it, he did was very good. Yeah. Well, okay. The, James Gunn is is odd, too, because he was moving his way up the ranks with Marvel. Then that whole thing, he got fired. He went over to DC, and he's like, now I'm waving the DC flag. He, he They worked it out. He's going back to Marvel. But now he's like getting promoted at DC. So it's like he's playing both sides. It's interesting. Promoted. He's the CEO now. He's the no, king. I, know, I know, but I'm saying like, <laughs> he, you know, he's- What a, what a few years for James up. Gunn. Yeah, that's Canceled for sure. Canceled on Twitter, and now he owns DC. Yeah, literally, you're never going to make movies in Hollywood again. He owns DC and still makes he movies for the company that account. Him. He's like, not taking any chances. Same day, same day, if I'm not mistaken, same day that news got announced, they dropped the Guardians Christmas special. They did. <laughs> That's, is that Marvel. is an SEO move if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Um, but but the crazy thing you said, Suicide Squad was good. It was good, but I it wasn't. It wasn't a movie that I was like, that guy needs to be your CEO. You know what I mean? Guardians was though, not the Guardians, second one. Potentially. But like the Guardians world and what he created, he obviously yes. in one movie he sort of like opened that world up and it's like, oh, so that's how Marvel is gonna do cosmic from now on, and it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um so it's like, yes, he did do that in the Guardians world. But it's interesting that DC is like, dude, we'd love to have you. Yeah, come over here, remake Suicide Squad. We don't like that movie anyway. Remake it. <laughs> <laughs> and then like he makes it and it's like it's fine. It obviously didn't make that much money because it was the whole pandemic thing and it went to He like did HBO. Peacekeeper, right? With John Cena? He did. Yes, he also mm-hmm. did do Peacekeeper. That's true. And Peacekeeper's great, by the way. I love people watching love it. That. Yeah. I really it. I could not get the theme song out of my head. I was actually <laughs> legitimately 
not looking forward to it when I started it. I was like, all right, should I watch this show? All right, people like it. I watch it. Couldn't wait to start the next episode every single time. That's good show. What you just explained, I feel, is the problem that Disney's having with Star Wars is they hit it with Mandalorian, with Baby Yoda and Grogu and Mandalorian too. That feeling of everyone's talking about it. I need to watch this. And you know what? Everyone was right. It's amazing. They haven't had that since Mando. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I mean, haven't had we'll be... anybody come up to me that doesn't like Star Wars that said, like, man, I've heard amazing things about Star Wars. I got to check that out. I have not heard that since Mando. And people will say, oh, it's just because of Baby Yoda, but it's not. Because if that it's show not. was terrible, it would ju- he would just become, like, something they put in skits on SNL. Like He's he... everywhere. He's like iconic now because the show is good. If the show's not good, he's nothing. You know, it's like it's like you know Mac and me versus like like Gizmo and the Gremlins. Like Gremlins was good, so and Gizmo carries on, but Mac and me stunk, and people like forget about Mac. Although Mac. <laughs> Paul Rudd makes it still be a thing. <laughs> totally relevant. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know, what? Here, um, I guess here's my, the weird my, thing. My what last if, point on this: What if oh, Mando wasn't good? Then we'd That's be having said, a different yeah. conversation. I yeah. know, but my my thing is like if okay, so there's always season three. What if season three is just like, man, this one's not really holding up. I'm, you know, I'm just saying, what if? I think it will. You'd be like Mando. That I think it's gonna series. be the best season yet. <laughs> what? I think it's gonna be the best season yet. It could be. It could very well be. But my fear is just like, if they don't have like, Lacey, I think you even said it at the beginning, like. Mando seems to almost be something that's holding everything together. Like, no matter how bad it gets, well, at least we all got Mando. And it's like, if that, right. if that wasn't, yeah, yeah, if that wasn't the case, where would we be with Disney Plus TV streaming and movies? And now that it is the case, and people aren't really feeling all the other content that's coming out, it's like everybody's okay with it. But John, your point is right. It's sustainability. Then, I think Marvel's like that right now. Like, not everyone liked Hawkeye. Not everyone liked She-Hulk. Not everyone liked, you know, whatever. People loved Loki. But it's tied to the Avengers. <clears throat> yeah, not everybody's loving it, but I, I don't think people are... Well, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Because, like, Obi-Wan again, and Andor, I don't think people are, like, hating it. They're mm-hmm. just, like, liking it. That's I think right. that's fine. I think the the series are doing fine, but I think there's a ceiling with these series that just can't capture the power and aura and mystique and just event status of a Star Wars movie. You just want more. I'm feeling you that. You want more of the franchise. Yeah, but it's also just the the bigness and the hype and the lead up to of a Star Wars movie. The grandeur. You can't get that on Disney Plus, no matter how good, how great. Andor is and how cinematic it looks you're still on your couch watching it on your tv which is i guess fine for some people but there's just something about the lead up to a new star wars movie in theaters that is unmatchable for anything else they could do and i think disney like disney values like intangible stuff like that like a feeling an aura and like that's why they like yeah, they pump the same certain sounds and and mm-hmm. and colors and scents into their theme parks and stuff. That's always that's like embedded into the DNA of Disney and you know the theme parks and all that stuff. And that's where they make most of their money. So it's really important for Star Wars to be big in that way. And 
I th- that's just like that missing ingredient right now. And I feel like the hunger right now for Star Wars movie is bigger than ever. And the more we keep like having doubts about what's coming and what's not uh, makes fans even hungrier. And this mandate, I guess my last point on this whole thing, that this whole mandate that is being reported that don't stop announcing things, that just means we're going to be getting more and more of our information from the Hollywood reporters and, uh, you know, um, all these other variety and, and those. We uh, haven't been getting much trades, information. So. so that was kind of surprising, by the way. <laughs> they were like, stop but announcing things. I think that's things. where it's going like, to come now. We're not getting that's anything anyway. And you're going to have your fans who say like, well, until I hear it from Lucasfilm, I don't believe it. It's totally. Like, that's yeah. fine. Then don't. That's, you know, that's okay. <laughs> and and it, it almost worries me too, because remember when there was all this hype leading up to there's going to be another Star Wars movie. And I mean, all, I mean, Phantom Menace as well, but also my point here is The Force Awakens. There's all this hype. And that movie, thankfully, delivered on the hype. And everybody was like, yes, oh man, I can't believe Star Wars is back. Yay. It's almost like they're setting themselves for another big, like, mm. setup. And. I hope that movie's good because if it's not, then that's like we waited seven or eight years for another Star that's Wars movie, and the that's danger the one you of the gave standalone. Us? That's the danger of that standalone because if the one movie comes out and it's not great, and you don't know that there's you know episode two coming or whatever, it's just kind of like all right, well, what's next? Because now you, if that's a standalone, and you said, and well, they're they're reporting that it. It would be a story that's complete, but if successful, could have follow-ups. If it's not great, then it's like, oh, well, what's your next idea? It's, right. it's like the king sitting on the throne and the jester comes in and he's like, that wasn't funny. Try something well, else. John, like what, what you just described is how the average person would guess you'd run a company. <laughs> like, I don't know. Make a movie. Hope it's good. Uh, let it be its own movie, but then like maybe leave it open for sequels. <laughs> Like, well, it's versus stupidest everything person. else Star Wars has ever done, which is we have a trilogy coming and it's episodes blank, blank, blank. Yes, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think I had a thought this weekend and it was fleeting, like you know, <laughs> Luke Skywalker's, but it was like, I don't know, man. Star Wars might be doomed. <laughs> I really oh, did no. think that. Oh, get I did. I had the thought. I was like, oh, no. they don't know what they're doing. Like no, not my it's... not my James Bainey. I know, I know. Exactly. Is that the new hashtag? <laughs> no, um, Star Wars will be fine. It's just I think they need a clean slate. That's all. Just yeah. don't say breather. We already went through two years of that. Yeah. More coming. Well, I guess that's uh you know where we can leave off this week as far as resistance report goes is a, a crazy discussion. Uh we'll let Another week go by before we revisit what else is going to happen in the Lucasfilm world. Um, but until we do, we do have some other stuff that we wanted to talk about. Um, Lacey, can I send it over to you? All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at TRB Podcasts on Instagram at the resistance broadcast or on audio platforms like Spotify, Apple podcasts. I think I mentioned those, but leave a review. We appreciate it. 
If you want more than that, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $5 a month, you can support the show and what we're doing here and everything we hope to do in the next year. Um, and you just want to be a part of the community and say, hey, I like what you guys are doing and we appreciate it. So this is the part of the show that we let our generals and spice runners take part. We ask them a question, they give us an answer, and then we give our thoughts. So first, I want to thank those people. So thank you to our generals. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, San, uh, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. And our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys so much. By the way, Paul Sullivan's listed in there. He's one of our new generals. Thank you so much, Paul. We're excited to have you. Um, so this week we have Welcome. one of our uh, older older generals, I would say, or spice runners. Even a spice runner now. Yeah. He's a spice runner, yeah. But Not one of older, our long, long running, long standing. <laughs> yeah, That's what yeah. I meant. That I don't mean older in age. I meant like long time. I think David's friend. my age. So. <laughs> Our Proby One Kenobi, spice which is David Probus. Uh, this week we asked him, considering his body of work and strengths, what type of story would you like to see Damon Lindelof tell if he ends up making a Star Wars film? So, David, take it away. What's up, TRB? It is Graybeard, Proby One Kenobi here, and just wanted to show off a little bit my Vader Black Series signed by Darth Demetrius, one of the actors who brought Vader to life, and some new Star Wars pins. Pretty cool. I don't get to show off most any of my Star Wars stuff, or I don't show it off, but uh, there's some cool stuff. Anyway, Damon Lindelof. I uh, wasn't real familiar with him, but after seeing uh, his discography or his filmography, his work, um, cautiously optimistic about his potential upcoming uh star wars project i have taken a wait and see approach with star wars movies because it's star wars movies um but if i had to choose i want a dark side story or i want a villain who stays bad no more anti-heroes stay bad graybeard is out awesome job david it's always good to see you on the show john what'd you think uh very cool on the sign vader um anytime yeah. you get anybody who was canonically in that suit that's pretty awesome um i you know i like that uh you're not that familiar with his work but you still have something that you'd like to see right um he did do some serious stuff in the watchman and you bring up uh a dark side story but you know i love what you said about villains because you want a villain that stays bad and boy does Star Wars need one of those because <laughs> Sheev's getting tired. You know, Sheev has you know, again, you know, you thank thanks thanks for serving Sheev. You you've served us well, but uh I think we've had enough aside from a couple of cameos in, in timelines that fit. But moving forward, if this take place after episode nine, hopefully no Sheev. Uh, so ser- getting a he villain as well now as he did in the old empire, <laughs> the order, yes. what does yeah. he say? In, in, in the in new the war days, as well as the old, old wars. War, yeah. yeah. But I just, uh, yeah, I think the, the Anakin type of arc, the Ben Solo type of arc, you know, we've seen it a lot in star Wars and 
I like the idea of redemption, but I also like the idea of really bad villains that our good guys need to defeat. And I think with the world we live in today, uh, we need to see that. So I'm down with you on that. Man. Absolutely. Let's get a villain. Let's have him stay bad and fry bad by the end of it. Um, yeah, no, I t- totally agree with that. Um, I, it makes me curious if that's like the Thrawn that, you know, F- Filoni's Thrawn, Thrawn has always been. Um, Filoni's Thrawn. Yeah, Filoni's Thrawn. Like <laughs> his palm. Um, no, <clears throat> his version of Thrawn has always been more villainous than uh, Zahn's Thrawn. Uh, who's been sort of anti-hero and and looking at that? So I don't know. I I'm thinking that they're leading Thrawn to being a guy that actually is like legitimately bad and will never turn and not be bad, or will be bad forever and then they kill him. You know that kind of thing. Um, so we could be getting that, but I think uh, I think like the movie side of things, like that's absolutely that's got to be it. You can't have a we we need those villains, and uh, I think Damon Lindelof can do it. I mean. The way he interpreted the Watchmen stuff, in my eyes, like, he absolutely understands evil, like, evil at the core. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, the the bad guys in that show don't ever have, like, this other side of them. They're sort of like Nazis in that in that regard where you're like, you try to make, if you try to humanize this person, it it's not going to work. You just need right, to let this bad, person bad. lean into what it mm-hmm. is and and let them be a bad person. So I think he understands that. Um so that's a that's a good choice. And uh maybe that is sort of a lead in to be like, okay, well, you know, the Emperor's dead. The Emperor's dead, dead, deadity dead, dead, dead. Now who wh- where's the gap that, you know, they said the first order was filling at, at one point, you know, there's a new gap. Like someone who's gonna take up and be the new villain of the Star Wars world. So I'm I'm with you. David, uh, I want to see it happen. Let's see it happen together. Nice. David, thank you so much. Great answer. I really hope we get some uh, good bad guys and whatever new projects come out, especially if it's a new movie, which we discussed. Uh, Now we're going to head back to John. Okay, so we're not done yet. Um, We'll spend more time on this uh, later, but we just wanted to briefly give all of our thoughts on uh, Tales of the Jedi talk about it a bit six episodes um i don't know if you had a chance to watch um my review of it was exclusive on the channel so check that out it's about 10 minutes long i start with a non-spoiler review uh to get you uh a vibe of what it's all about and then also i just give you uh my full spoiler take but let's i I wanted to talk about it with you guys Um, are we talking spoilers here yeah yeah okay so So if you haven't seen it maybe now's the time to cut out It was nice having you here. Bye. Yeah, you can find us on all social media platforms. Have yeah, my yeah. trunk. Like. Well, we don't want them all to leave. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But uh, so yeah, Tales of the Jedi. Um, James, your your initial thoughts. Uh, did you have a, a standout episode, standout moments? Uh, any episodes not work for you? And what'd you feel about the overall uh, format, length of episodes, and uh, animation, that sort of stuff, writing, and all that? Um. Oh, loaded question. That's all over the place. Yeah, I think I think you're right that uh the Sith Lord is probably the best episode. It's the it's the one that I think is going to it sort of like changes your view of a lot of different things in <laughs> Star Wars. Um I do think that every episode was um well, I'll say this. The one that I was sort of like 
meh on was the first one, the Ahsoka being born thing. I was like, that really doesn't lean one way or the other. It doesn't really make me feel differently about any certain scene or moment. It just sort of was, and I was like, yeah, that's just like a random it lesson. It felt the most of... like a classic fable story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's kind of like why I liked it myth... so much. Oh, really? The myths and so fables. It was just so straightforward. I feel like sometimes, which I respect both of your opinions, sometimes sure. Star Wars gets a little overcomplicated and a little too much into mm-hmm. the lore and connecting all the timelines and like, this person did this and this person mentioned this and did you get this Easter egg and did you see this? Where sometimes you just want a straightforward story, and I think the Ahsoka thing is exactly what did that. Yeah, I, I, I don't particularly mind a story that's just like, Mace Windu went to this village and he learned a lesson, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. That's fine. <laughs> sure. I, I think with that one in particular, it was just like, I don't know what I'm really supposed to be taking away from this because like she's a baby and it's just kind of like this but is But she's how, such a cute baby. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I think um, the impact of, of that story is just like, we can really do a page one and eventually a final page of Ahsoka's entire life now. Like, uh, Filoni's like, look, I got to get that first moment and that last moment. Uh, yeah, exactly. I definitely, yeah. <clears throat> I definitely think it was interesting though, as much as we've said, like Filoni says goodbye animation. I'll never come back. And here we are with tales of the Jedi. And he's like producing it. And, but is it Ahsoka? That's the question. I mean, that's true, but I'm saying at least like we thought he was totally and completely done never looking back, and here he is looking back a little bit. So he's not completely done. Well, he also had to kill Yaddle. That's a very important part. That is true. That is true. I honestly was that person before this premiere that I was like, oh, gosh, they're bringing Yaddle back? Like, didn't anybody listen to George? Like, Dave Filoni himself said that he hated, uh, George hated Yaddle, but then they killed her, so... Then I was like, eh, if anybody's going to kill her, it should be Dave Filoni. <laughs> I, yeah, I was thinking about that when it happened, too, because it, it's like this character was a character that George didn't like and he felt was sort of a mistake. Literally said, do not bring it up to Dave Filoni. Yeah. Stop talking about it. But it is, Margaret. it's sort of like, <laughs> look, man, like we can't just not address this person who was in episode one, you know? He definitely <laughs> like, called George Lucas. Oh, absolutely, sure 100%. It was like, can I kill her? <laughs> Give me that phone call, animate it, and put that on Disney+, Plus, and you'll get 5 million more subscribers. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the animation uh, is very similar, but I think like if you really sit with it for a while, you'd probably be like, oh, I, I noticed the subtle differences now, but it felt very Clone Wars-y. Mm-hmm. I did like a lot of the connections with the episodes feeling like um, even sometimes within themselves where you're like, you know, you see one location and then in another story, you see it at a different point in time and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. So they're sort of even connecting with themselves. But I do like when you're like, oh, this is, this is why you're showing me this because it holds relevance in this other show or this other moment or this other, this is when that happened, you know, like mm-hmm. we're talking spoilers. So it's like, um, like, oh, the, he's the person who deleted Camino from the the records. Okay, cool. You know, like that's and neat. how he and did it, it was cool. How it connects? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, just loved having Ashley back. Yeah, I liked. Yeah, that was cool. After everything that's happened and Ahsoka jumping to live action, and it's not her. It was nice to kind of give her that, give her that back again. Be like, yeah, you get to be Ahsoka here. These and, these were neat to me. John, correct me if 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 I'm wrong here with, with you know your take on it. But um, 
how it was sort of refreshing to not feel like we were in for a whole season of X or Y, but just sort of like, oh, that was that, and I enjoyed it. Let me tell you, man, those run times, people were complaining about them. Chef's kiss. I, man, those were nice, easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl watches. Like just 10 to 15 minutes. Fantastic uh, watch. Didn't have to like say like, ooh, this episode, we got to cut this down to meet the 22 minutes. Or we got to add a scene to this one so it meets the 22 minutes. Cassie and I have been checking times. I hate to say that. I hate to be that person. But like through the past few episodes, Cassie and Andor, I've been like, how much is left? Yeah. And those are always tricky, too, because it's like. 17 minutes of credits so you really never know what how long the episodes really are (laughs) when they're gonna actually end yeah it's like everyone gets their own moment on the screen on the credits but uh but this like 10 to 15 minutes i thought was great they used every minute of it i i felt like every minute uh was engaging uh, from the most part the only episode uh yeah i was a little fuzzy on the first episode I, i i saw it as like a little fable and stuff like that the fifth episode and stuff where ahsoka's just getting stunned constantly and they're testing her metal and her her abilities and stuff like that. I, I I felt like that was redundant and we've seen Ahsoka go through trials and stuff like that. I, I didn't love that episode very much. And I'm also not a big fan of the clone troopers. So that's on me. You know, that they're not really my thing. I'm, I'm definitely cloned out. Millions of voices just cried out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, 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 uh, the Dooku thing, um, having logging in, so to speak, as Sifo Diaz and having his access so that it looks like Sifo Diaz deleted it and it was really Dooku. That is such it. a crazy implication. Tricking Jocasta New. Um, and then also the last episode seeing Ahsoka at Padme's funeral. Um, right. And Bail Organa being the one that recognizes her and tracks her down. I thought that was really cool because, you know, I said it in my review, so I don't want to, you know, rehash what I'm saying here. I want your thoughts on that, James, because to me, it feels like Filoni's doing everything he can to honor George Lucas because they both created Ahsoka together. He obviously cares about Ahsoka because it's his his legacy really is Ahsoka. Like in a hundred years, when people look back, Dave Filoni's legacy is going to be that you know that character Ahsoka uh, at, as number one, maybe. I mean, it's um, basically also, his Luke Skywalker. You know, he's mm-hmm. yeah, and, and and he's helping explain further why Ahsoka wasn't there for the original trilogy. Like this stuff really tying up loose ends, up. yeah. Seeing what happened to Padme, seeing what happened to Anakin, and then obviously her duel with uh Vader. And they they keep peppering us with those things to explain where why she wasn't around during the Galactic Civil War. I don't know, James, what were your thoughts on on those episodes? Obviously you liked number four, but the last one, number six, I felt like was the heaviest one. Especially Kevin Kiner's music. Lord, was it good. And it the made music me realize was so how, good. how important classical scores are to Star Wars. And I'm missing that in a lot of these new series. We so, got to have Kevin back sometime. The music yeah. is very good. Yeah, that guy is cool. I, I kept watching that sixth episode thinking, how does this tie in with the Ahsoka novel? And that was, that was the big thing for me. It's, I was like, I can't figure out if this is supposed to be a retelling or this also happened. Or is this... Um, uh, what Dave Filoni's way of uh, either doubling down or sort of like apologizing for what happened in Clone Wars season seven, where he sort of like rewrote that novel and changed things about it. And then he had to even like publicly say like, well, you know, there's stories and we, we change things for this reason or this reason and stuff. It's like, so then now I'm watching this and I'm like, this seems like it's from that, but I, you know, I can't quite 
piece it together because it seems just different enough that I'm like, is this a retelling? And I haven't had the time to put it through. Um, I didn't but, read the Ahsoka novel. Like, you know, I know someone who was involved with the series, I forget their name, said they were reading the Ahsoka novel as they were working on this. Yeah. Because um, I feel like you got to, you, you would have to be aware of like what was going on because, um, because that is, takes place within the year that she's post order 66, even actually Clone Wars six, uh, season seven. That's when yeah. that sort of all takes place. And then the yeah. year in between. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I liked that episode with the, the guns, uh, n- not, not so much as a story within itself, but because of the way they were telling it in the sense of like, again, 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 again. And that was sort of the point is that she uh, got yeah. it drilled in so much that Anakin essentially saved her life when the time came that she needed it because they, that it's not even subtle. They're, they're like, they show you at the end, like, Remember Clone yeah. Wars season seven? Yeah, this is, and we got that from the trailer. I remember us kind of talking about how like the moves she does, but then she, we, you know, it's <clears throat> here yeah. in the show, but it's like, man, they were really heavy handed on that. So it's like, if we're taking just a moment out of someone's life to kind of show you to make it a little bit bigger, I feel like every episode did that pretty well. Yeah, that's cool. Um. Yeah, and we'll talk more about Tales of the Jedi. I have a feeling we haven't seen last of this series. I think we'll get more stories with different Jedi, um, which is, should be exciting. But I thought it was well done. Dave Filoni did a great job. Do you guys uh, Kevin have Kiner, great yeah, characters amazing. you would you would see? Assuming the Jedi characters, right? So w- who would you do a Tales of the Jedi three episode Plo story Coon. with? Who? Plo Koon. Plo Koon? Yeah. I hmm. I don't really know. I kind of want Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, but we've already gotten their stories. I just feel like there's a big gap in Luke's story still from obviously Return of the Jedi to, you know, Last Jedi. That is a good point. I'm sitting here thinking only Clone Wars, and you bring up a good point, Lacey, is that, like, if it's Tales of the Jedi and they want to spread out a little bit, man, Mm -hmm. give me me Rey, you know? Right, right. Give me Leia or something, like something really wild it's it's just plo Koon was you know fired from the mandalorian <laughs> season two and I, I feel like he needs his due so um, i saw that art right. today on social media someone had post the <laughs> art that was the it's basically luke but it's plo Koon because mm-hmm. that's what it was in the script yeah. plo Koon, we thank you for your service and being a decoy for luke skywalker <laughs> <from the laughs> wasn't that Filo- that was feloni's decoy <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. um all right so thank you to everybody for listening and watching um and 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 for our listeners who uh you know appreciate that we can be critical but because we love it so much um and hopefully we're we did a good job once again so we wouldn't be good fans if we just said the same thing over and over having having that balance and yeah like just loving star wars and just wanting it to be healthy and good and fun and and awesome in the future so uh thank you to everybody for listening watching being a part of trb uh like Lacey said make sure you subscribe to the show we did pass the 350 rating mark on spotify so thank you to everybody who's been rating us over there that really helps us a great deal thank you uh and spread the word share the podcast with your friends um there's a lot more coming so uh we're excited to to uh prepare for celebration and what's to come at the end of this year and in 2023 and beyond so 
uh, join the party. Uh, Star Wars Newsnet for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Um, Johnny Hoey on Twitter, writing and editing in Star Wars Newsnet, and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. We just put out an episode uh, last week on X-Men, the first X-Men movie. Uh, James. Uh, you can find me both uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Lacey. People could find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Happy Halloween. Right. Send us your costumes. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Yes. Happy Halloween, and we will see you Wednesday live at 9 p.m. with TRB Live, a.k.a. another episode of The Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>